welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Jerry Springer. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh. What a nice crowd, and we it's just a wonderful crowd. crowd. Yeah. Unbelievable that you come in here each uh, week to do this, and I know Megan and I really appreciate it. I, in do. my situation, I'm trying to get enough quarters in for Social Security so I can have a dignified retirement. Because mm -hmm. yeah. so I appreciate uh, that you come in. And this, we do appreciate it. Thanks, would this sir. be the first time in your life you're dignified? Uh, he would like yeah. to know what that feeling is before yeah. he dies. Hey, hey, by the way. <laughs> And thank you also, thank you very much for stopping, finally stopping hearing aid jokes and the gout jokes and all of that that you had been doing. Because I want to mention something to you. Uh, a gentleman just came up to me. No, I'm not doing the joke about, you know, <laughs> yeah. guy walks up to me and, says, and he says, the best hearing aid money, money can, can buy. buy. When and then you say what, what kind, I say what kind is it? And you say four o'clock. No, so we're not doing that anymore. But uh, a no. gentleman named Paisley Evershine stopped me and said to me, and he was very stern about it. He said, "Look, I have both hearing impairment and gout. Stop the jokes." <laughs> So, because I know last episode well, you, you did, did some things, some gout jokes, and I thought, where, and shingles Sh Gene, jokes, and I'm like, dude, where are you getting this I'm thinking stuff? that, yeah. no. You're going through a medical You know what I'm saying, book. Megan? Yes. Yeah, you know but I think you're the one telling the jokes, Gene, if I remember yeah. correctly. No, no, no. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> hey, I'm by the saying. way, hey, you remember when I just we were... Kind of, actually, I'm, I'm happy. Oh, no. I just, no, I mean, I, I guess I can announce it. I just signed a new cable contract. Really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's awesome, man. Yeah. His show must yeah. be doing great. Yeah. And next Thursday, they're going to install it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, oh, hey, no, hey, hey. True. Yeah, it's you funny. At the post-podcast <laughs> dinner, Megan... Yeah, which, Here. by the way, I find that he takes his other people on steak to steak dinners. Yeah, yeah, we, we get some. Like, <laughs> hey, you get my key hey. takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing when yeah. I heard that. We get Skylar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, we're going to take my chilling. bodyguards yeah. to the yeah. steak yeah. dinner <laughs> really? every Monday night. Yeah. I'm going, well, we get a lovely like Skylar Jeff, dinner. Jeff Chris <laughs> Steakhouse or something. Yeah. But <laughs> Jeff Chris. You know, it's funny, Megan. Remember we were talking about you and I were saying... About 99.9% .9 sure Jerry's going to hell. He's oh, going to be in hell. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, no, okay. Well, All right. I mean, look what he did. It's his show. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, and we were talking. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we were saying. <laughs> yeah. Like Benito Mussolini and Charles Manson. Dude, let's get down to Springer's cell. He's, he's got, got, he's got pole dancers <laughs> and KKK food fights, and they're throwing little people. He's got that oh, beautiful man. view of the Flaming Lake. It's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, let's get over to Springer's. Today, actually, we had a woman dancing on a pole. Of course. Oh, Here we go. Yeah. Really? Yeah, she was dancing on pole, and next week she's coming back. She's going to dance on a Czechoslovakian. Which you can't do. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know about that. Czech well, Republic, you can't that's do. That's right. <laughs> the joke doesn't even make sense. There is, oh, and this is true. So I told the joke, you know, I, I said that during one of the shows, and, you know, the audience is mostly young people. They don't even know. They weren't alive when there was Czechoslovakia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so they don't get it. Know your yeah. audience, Jerry. I mean, I figured, okay, maybe it's not a good joke, but it must have been. That's why they didn't laugh. 
They would have otherwise. Why. Otherwise, <laughs> they would have laughed. They would have. But yeah. there's no check. That's a hilarious joke. No. But you can say that you danced on a Czech Republican because nobody dances on Republicans. Republicans. No. I feel Republicans like Republicans don't dance. No. Either. Well, that you know, they're not even. They're just. Hey, you know, uh, and I, I have to give myself a lot of credit. I come in here and I'm able yeah, to. I'm able to. No one else is. Nobody else. I'm able to laugh when things are funny, and I mask a lot, a lot of my mood issues because I have Pain. some. You have mood issues. But I want to yeah. tell you something, and what? this is something that's really kind of bringing me down. Yeah. And I want to ask oh. this, and I'm going to start with Megan Hills, who is a, a human resources manager. That is yeah. what she is by training. That's what she does in her day job, and she's it's very good at it. And she is the HR manager for the Jerry Springer podcast, Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fuller. You're doing a great job, by the way. Which I should be HR manager for us. She is. You didn't know that? We have a department. (laughs) We have a corporate office. What are you talking about? Right here. We have some things to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Megan, here's what I want to ask. And then if you could ask. How much is this Jerry. (laughs) You have no idea. Because I've been looking at my business plan. Megan, solid business. <laughs> Here's what I want to ask you, what? and be be fair about this. We've been friends for a long time. I would like to hire, and you would be part of this. You have to be the action officer. I would like a, to hire an assistant to the executive producer because I'm the executive producer. <laughs> you need an assistant, and I need an assistant. Wow. Okay. Because I well, what I'm going to need from you is a functional job description. <laughs> how, <laughs> how many employees are going to write a job? I need you to write out what you do. I need you to write out <laughs> no, what you no. think this assistant would do, and then we'll find out where the gap is, and we'll no, see if you really listen. need one, sir. I'm going to guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I Megan, were a betting woman, this is yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a profitable venture. Well, <laughs> what part well, of this is for me? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm doing fine. No, I um, even the cost of the fuel to fly in. Yeah, I know. Well, that's it's your a, own fault. I've really it's, got it's, it's rough out there. I know. <laughs> it's hard scramble. <laughs> those of you with tough. corporate jets, I know, you know. Oh, you think you have it tough? Yeah, these yeah. are rough times. <laughs> But, you know, I, I realized that when I took the job, I mean, way over my head, <laughs> way job. over my head. Oh, there were a lot of people auditioning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Boy, you beat out. Yeah. <laughs> Hundreds of people waiting yeah. for this position. Wait, Diesel it didn't look like I'm getting any sympathy there. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, recently there was an election, and let's just take Kentucky as an example. Kentucky, check this out. About 30 plus percent only of registered voters turned out in this wow. recent election. About so a third. Sad. And by the way, understand this. You know this, Jerry, from all the years we worked in politics. There's roughly a third to a half at any given point in time of people who are adult age, voting age, who aren't even registered. So the turnout of about a third and then subtract out the people who aren't even registered it's unbelievable how low the turnout is, in, particularly in off-year elections. Now, this year had mayor races and local issues, et cetera. Uh, but I made contact with the Ohio Democratic Party because you're good friends with them, and I, I know them more through you. Yeah. But, uh, and I talked to some of the officials up at the Ohio Democratic Party. And this is a point I want to make. They have this initiative. You know all about this. You're a fan of this, and you're out kind of pushing it around the uh, state as you speak uh, to political groups. They are... They have this thing called the Main Street Initiative, yeah. and they have this movement. So the Main Street Initiative is to try to turn out voters in these off years, and they're trying to motivate 
organize, motivate, and turn out with an army of volunteers that never goes away. They're there every year because they see, particularly within Democrats, this huge fall off of voters in these off years. And the, we have to do something about that as Democrats. I'm speaking only from a very partisan yeah. point of view, because at this table, we're all Democrats. When the election turnout is high, Democrats win. I don't care who else is turning yeah. out. When the election turnout is high, Dems win. Right. When it's low, we tend to lose. It's because most people are, truth is, on terms of issues that everyday people, just people care about, more people are Democrats than Republicans. I mean, even in congressional races, by the way, more Americans vote for a Democratic congressperson than a Republican congressperson. And then you wonder, why is Congress Republican then? I'm not in. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, but the reason Congress is Republican is because the way the lines are drawn, the gerrymandering, I wish they'd find another name other than using yeah, mine. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Gerrymandering no, no, or something. If, yeah. if it was me, it'd be gerrymandering. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's gerrymandering. And uh, so, therefore, they take around the country, they take all the Democrats and they pile them into one, the same district. So a Democrat will win the district, you know, 95 to 5. And then the, the rest, there aren't enough Democrats in the rest of the districts to win them. And that's what happens. Why we have a Republican Congress, even though most people. Or more people vote Democrat than vote Republican. So that we, we do have that issue. So what you say makes absolute sense. If everyone voted, all offices would be held by Democrats, simply yeah. because most people aren't rich. And most people, at least if they're voting in their economic interests, would tend to vote Democrat. Yep. But the reality is most people don't care about politics. Even when we put the podcast together, original idea, we were sitting yep. in New York and coming up with this plan. We said we can't just have... A podcast about politics because people it'll glaze over and no one's going to listen. Yep. So you got to put music in there. You got to put the incredible comedy we have. I here. mean, it's it, it is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> the, the jokes and it's not say. even gotta. It, we love all of that. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, that is actually our exactly personality. Yeah. all three we, of us. So we're here. doing we everything we enjoy. But most people just aren't yeah. interested in politics, and that is the truth. But even more is most people very justifiably do not see that. Whoever gets in is going to change their life. And that is true as, you know, you and I are in early 70s. Well, our whole life we had, let's say, inner cities with problems of poverty, drugs, lack of education, all this stuff. Well, it's the same issue today. So after a while, you say, how many times can we keep going into the neighborhoods and saying, come on, vote for me and I'm going to change your life? That is a problem. I want to mention some quick headlines. Though. Mm. We're going to have the part-time gentleman here shortly. And we want to hear about uh, over to Megan, for example. Uh, <laughs> every time <laughs> we say really that. Are we going, like, oh, where's this going? Are we going over to Megan? Yeah. We have this uh promotion going on our website. Oh yeah, it's still going called on. Would You Like to Date Megan? We do. It Megan, it is as we thought it would. It's blowing up. Sure is. And I <laughs> and I've been talking. So I talked to another one and Megan, I vet everybody. And I trust And I screen you? out oh, I saw what you did last time. Well, yeah. I messed up on that one. Yeah. But I, but the okay, I messed up. Married. I messed exactly. up on one. Got okay. Nice vetting. I fair enough. Well, I, I had it's to like learn. His business yeah. plan. He I see really I don't know. You're the guy that ought to vet Carson. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 
So Megan's been clarifying what this, you know, the specs are. So anyway, so there is a guy. I'm I'm actually going to give his name. He's from Colorado, and he uh, has authorized me to do this. And it's Michael Alexander, Mm -hmm. lives in Colorado, and he uh, would like to. It's not going to happen tonight, but I want to kind of set this up if it's okay with you, Megan. I like to bring these things up privately (laughs) so that you can tell me if you don't want to do that, we won't do that. that You know what? I always sort of talk with you before I do this. It's the respect. I just appreciate it. Yeah. Anyway. Michael Alexander is going to be on our podcast in the near future over the phone. Okay. And then we are going to, Jerry and I are going to help you vet him, but he could be, I think this guy's pretty cool. I've talked to this guy. Oh, I'd so, love to know what your standards are. Well, <laughs> right. So anyway. What are we basing this yeah, I don't think right. you want me involved in the vetting. No. Now you need to be involved because oh. you've been down a lot of roads. I think you know what to look for, and I think that you're going to be very good at Helping determine. I want to ask you something, Jerry. <laughs> I know what to look for. Yeah. You you were uh, born in England, and I know the story. You were born in a bathroom at, a, at a, like a McDonald's a or something, subway, weren't you? It was a subway. <laughs> what was a subway? It was a subway. It okay. wasn't the bathroom. It wasn't the bathroom. It was the actual. Yeah. And it had to do with World War II yeah. and bombing and all yeah. of that. But there were bathrooms in World War II. Well, there were bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you you were born in England. Came here at age what five? Five. And you are very popular in England. And you were even doing some stuff with the BBC coming up. True. Iowa, can we say or not? Yeah, yeah. Can can we say say, Iowa primary, Democratic convention? And all kidding aside, I'm really proud of the fact that you're doing that. I think it's very cool. So you went back to England last week. Yes. And did I hear that you actually spoke at Cambridge University? Yeah, I Which went, is a big deal. Yeah, I went on the Cambridge campus and I said, uh, do you know where the men's room is? <laughs> yeah, uh, that was it. Technically That's so. the, what I, you spoke. I can now say that I spoke. Spoke on it, yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, well then, no. let's see what else we have here. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't think Thank that's going to carry 10 minutes. Of. <laughs> no, they have no, some, what, what It is actually, it was kind of cool. I mean, I, I was excited about it. They have what they call the Cambridge Union. And they um, have... Uh, you know, they bring speakers in from around the world to address the student body there. And it was interesting. When I was giving my speech, I looked out in the audience, and sitting in the audience is Jesse Jackson. Is that I true? Mean, that's no true. Kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it was just, yeah, yeah, so it was kind of cool. But anyway, so uh, I'm there, and the subject of the talk, uh, which was, it was an interesting subject because, you know, I went on some other shows there, you know, they, they interview you and that kind of stuff. But everyone in England seems to be fascinated by our American presidential election. And what the British don't understand, which includes some Americans, too, is what, it, you know, uh, Donald Trump and, uh, you know, because they know him there as a TV personality and obviously a very wealthy guy. And, you know, and they see uh, Ben Carson, a doctor. In other words, they don't understand how reality television has taken over American politics. And, you know, and it dawned on me that they're kind of concerned because the rest of the free world, even though they get angry at a lot of the things we do, they still view America as the, the leader of the free world. And the pre- whoever the president's going to be, that's, that's kind of important. And they have an interest in it because obviously decisions that an American president made can, you know, ask Tony Blair, can have tremendous uh, consequences for their people. And that's what I talked about, the influence of pop culture on American politics and how we got to the point where we have, uh, let's say, a Donald Trump and a, uh, as a serious candidate for president. And he is. 
you know, if you're asking me, will he be president? I think for me, the answer is no, he's not going to be. Even if I loved him, it's not going to, he's not going to get it. Uh, I don't even think he'll get the nomination, although that's possible because of the dynamics of how they choose and when the primaries are, et cetera. But in any event, he's not going to be the president. But how did it get to this? I don't think Donald Trump is to blame. And it's not that he's uh, on television and, you know, he has a, he's a reality television star. That is not what disqualifies him. What disqualifies him is the same thing that disqualifies uh, Dr. Ben Carson. You can't be the leader of the most powerful government in the world if you've never been in government, if you've never been in politics, any more than you or I could do brain surgery if you've never been to med school. And the reason is, it's because it's, it's a totally different skill, and it's almost a disrespect. It's a disrespect for America and for our government to think that it's so unimportant and so easy that simply someone, even if he's brilliant, that has a strong opinion can therefore govern. You could be the most successful person in business in the world, but it's a totally different skill than politics. Business exists to make a profit. Government exists to provide services. End of discussion. You ask different questions. Your relationships are totally different if you're in, in government. You have to have that experience. I'm not saying you have to be in Washington, but you have to have been in politics. And the one exception is, and we've had generals in American history, because that is kind of a political organization. And particularly, let's say, Eisenhower, you know, he had to be, he had to deal with world leaders and try to get different countries with different agendas from Stalin to Churchill. So he knows what it's like to be political. So, you know, so if someone says, well, how come, how come we've had generals in the past? It's a totally different situation. They do have training in that. But otherwise, Dr. Ben Carson and Donald Trump have no business leading the free world when they've never run a government. Now, how did they get to the position they are? It's because for the last at least 40 years in this technological revolution of politics, we say it started with Kennedy, but it really was in the Eisenhower era where television, you started to have televised political conventions, you started to have television commercials. For the last 40 years, let's say, Every political commercial you see, whatever the office is, and it's just a tiny exaggeration, but virtually every one is negative about how awful the opponent is. That the opponent is either corrupt, is a pervert, is a criminal, get your kids off the street, he's stolen money, he's a liar, she's a liar, whatever. In fact, they even make the commercials where the opponent is always in black and white, grainy picture. And then, you know, all of a sudden you see the candidate you're supposed to vote for in beautiful color, music in the background, sitting with the family. I mean, so it, we have a whole generation of Americans that have grown up believing that anyone who runs for political office is probably dishonest, corrupt, at worst, a criminal. So that's what we've been raised to believe. That's what young people have been raised to believe. And if you talk to your own kids, they say, ah, it's politics. I'm, I'm not going to that ward meeting. You ever try to talk your kid into going to a ward meeting? They'll think you're nuts. And you ever go to these ward meetings? Everybody is my age or older. 
So it's like we've turned America off. Now, on a presidential election, there is a sense of patriotism. that someone that never participates politically thinks, well, maybe I should show up and vote in a presidential race. And then every once in a while, like when we had President Obama, it was historic. Um, and so people kind of get involved in that. And so that's why you get up that. Up to about this. 70%. Yeah. So that, but that's the exception. Right. But if it isn't a presidential or someone of great historic significance, they don't want to be a part of it. And it just doesn't matter to them. And it's, it's hard to come up with an argument why it's going to make a difference in their lives. I mean, I could come up eventually, but it's, it's so disjointed compared to you know, what they worry about every, every day. And then we wonder why the debates have turned into a, the gong show. Why the debates have become what they have. It's reality television. It is now purely sound bites. Get your joke in. It's as if we know we're being played because the articles written are about the consultants. They're working on what is Bush going to say when Rubio says this. So we already know the jokes are rehearsed ahead of time. Yeah, the, the one lines, the big lines, the, the big, big moments, lines. they and call them. They, and that's what they want. And then you look at the analysis afterwards, and even the pundits, who we like to think are really bright and add something to it, they're talking about who had the best lines, who won the debate. You know, this is why we have the state of politics we have today. We have turned our nation off to politics it is not viewed as an honorable profession, which is really, really a shame. You used to have the very best people in the community running for office because, boy, to lead your community, whether it's local office or state, national, wow. And now it's become just another TV reality show. So it's not just Donald Trump. Uh-uh. They're all becoming TV reality stars. Every single one of those candidates, you know, in that debate there, who, you know, with the possibility, and I'm not a fan of his, but I'll say Bush has at least devoted his life to public service and government, et cetera. So I don't view him, and, and by the way, that's why he's doing so horrible. In these, he's viewed as doing horrible in the debates because he's not a reality star. And everyone else is playing it. I mean, what are the things you hear about Rubio? Well, he's good looking, he's young, he's Hispanic, he's, you know, it, 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 it's like a game. And then he comes out and says, no, I, I wouldn't raise the minimum wage. Yeah, it's not a game anymore. Then. It's not a game anymore. It's horribly destructive. I don't care how good looking he is. Yep. You know, you're going to do stuff like that and you, and, and you want to be president and then you give these excuses that, you know, they're going to hire less people. They're going to replace them with a machine. Believe me, if a person can be replaced by a computer today, they're not going to wait till the raising of the minimum wage. The company will do it now. When you go to the airport, you check in with a, you know, on the pad there. We were on a, a new set two, three weeks ago when uh, traveling around Ohio with the Ohio Democratic Party, and you pointed out as a former newsman, cameras that are now robotic cameras. Yeah, they've done away with the cameraman. And now they're all, not all, but mostly robotic cameras. It's all being done away with. It has nothing to do with the minimum wage. They're using that as an excuse. No company in the world hires somebody they don't need. 
you know, maybe if it's a relative, but you know, I mean, other than those very extreme things, <laughs> yeah. no company says, or you know, old we don't. Friends. Oh, yeah. friends, or, or yeah. Podcast. Except podcasts. <laughs> podcasts. Yeah. I mean, that's their fault. But I mean, really, <laughs> you don't. I mean, companies do charitable work. And but they're not, I am. no yeah. one running a business is going to say, we don't need these 10 extra people, but, oh, the economy's doing bad. Let's hire them and, you know, let them just kind of sit there in the corner. Of course not. You're in business to make a profit. Your stockholders want a profit. Every company hires as few people as they can get away with and pays, in most cases, not a penny more than they need to to get the work that they want. And I think I've spoken about this before. We all do it in our own private lives. Forget running a business. You hire someone to fix something on your house, you take bids. You don't say, well, this one's more expensive. He's not any better, but I'd rather this guy needs money, so let's hire. No, you, we're all looking for the best deal. You go shopping, you look for the best deal. That's the whole system. So knowing that, we better have some legislation that protects people that are going to get eaten up in the economic system we now have. And that's why you gotta have things like raising the minimum wage. Well, I'm getting off point now. But it's, it's a reality show that our politics has become, and that's why you have a Donald Trump. So don't blame Donald Trump. No, blame the political system that for 40 years has disrespected the whole idea of government service. Hey, uh, let me ask you uh, another question related, uh, personal question, and I'm not making a joke here, but how cool is it and I wonder, when you were young, if you ever thought, caused by whatever, that you would be speaking on the campus of Cambridge University in England. Yeah, that really That's really me. very cool. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, yeah, it does feel good. I mean, that is, because so much of what I do is garbage. And, um, <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. You know, you know my, life, it, my life is a disgrace. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know, you know so it's kind of neat that when you, yeah, yeah, that was that that felt kind of cool, you know. I will say, and I did my work in education in Cincinnati, and uh, and in the last seven or so years, I've been an adjunct professor at Xavier University in my field, the field of education. I got to tell you, I, I walk around that campus uh, a lot of days when I'm over there doing that, and I have a similar feeling, like I never ever thought I'd be back there teaching, in oh, my right. case, teachers oh, yeah. who are going to be administrators. And it's uh, th those are probably the moments in our lives where, especially as we're older, that's really a cool thing. And mm -hmm. it just feels good. And uh, it matters more than, in my case, of, of having a Gulfstream airplane. I don't have the four <laughs> houses and, you know, the... <laughs> Yeah, you are such like, a loser. No, I know. Yeah, but he's got that, that, hey, that really cool Ludlow City bus ad. That, I know. Out, yeah, so let's run that ad again. Yeah. That's a great ad. Hey, That's thank you. Uh, let's bring in the part-time yeah. gentlemen. Let me tell you who they are. This is a yes. music group. They happen to be from Cincinnati, Ohio, three members, and uh, they're coming in now to get set up, and I'm going to introduce them as they do come in. We've got TJ Hale, who's on guitar. Nick Sansoni, who plays banjo, Jonathan Dahl, who is on the bass. Uh, by the way, their latest album is Whiskey on My Breath. We have it here at the Folk School Coffee Parlor. And by the way, I always like to give props to the Folk School Coffee Parlor in yep, Ludlow, yep, Kentucky. Yep. <laughs> if you're ever traveling in this part of the country, Stop on in. Say hi to Marie they're right across Matt. the river from Cincinnati. And uh, it's a wonderful place, one of the hippest music and coffee places, uh, I think, in the country. And uh, so we're going to hear a song by the part-time gentleman. We're going to chat with him for a few minutes. And uh, guys, uh, 
take it when you when you're ready. Oh, I think he just broke a string. Oh, you know what? No. So uh, did you see this? How many times is that? A sticker? Did you yeah. see what it says? What's More it say? banjo, less pants. <laughs> I like these guys. I like these guys. More banjo, less pants. <laughs> you have to make a change. Okay, well, they're going to make a change. Uh, do you remember Jerry? Because we've talked about this before, but you played guitar back in the '60s when you were in college, coming out of right. college, played a little bit of music for tips, and I did the same with a different group. And number one, it was before digital tuners. It's all we ever did because we had cheap ass guitars that wouldn't oh, yeah. stay in tune anyway. Yeah. In fact, I gave well, you, you gave four, me for my birthday. You, you gave me a very nice his one. his guitar. It wasn't yeah. the one, but it was the the, the, model, the model, the harmony, and the look, you, yeah. a harmony guitar. And I took it to a luthier in Cincinnati. They had to yeah. do some work on it. And the guy said to me, "I love this." And he said, uh, you know, this thing's not worth crap. And I said, oh, I, I know. And he says, well, and I told him, I said, this is for Jerry Springer. And he says, well, well look, come over here. Look at these guitars. Said, Why are you giving him that? And I said, well, because it was because the crap. guitar. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and I started on a Stella, which was even yeah. cheaper than the Harmony. Yeah. Hey, Gene, we did get a uh, call in from uh, our pop analyst. Hold on a second. David Bruce, thank you very much, because we were about to do this. Hey, (laughs) do you know that we did, while 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 he's stringing up this banjo, we've hired Sarah Palin. Yes. Yes. Former governor. Am I paying for that, too? You are. Well, yes, you are. And I had to negotiate with her people because she called us. She was, we had her on the air. Sarah Palin, for God's sake. She came on the air. She left a message. We've actually, I've never talked to her. Nobody here has ever talked to her. But she left a message and she lost her analyst job at Fox News. And as I recall, Megan, she said, uh, Bristol's baby isn't going to pay for itself. Exactly. She needs financial help. So she needs a gig. Exactly. And so I'm talking to her people up in uh, Wasilla, Alaska, and her grind. And boy, they are hard. I thought I was talking to Donald Trump. Grinding on. Hey, you got to do, got to cost this, cost that, pay this, pay that. So we settled on a price or not. She's not happy about it, but she's going to do it. She's no, she's not going to do political analysis because she obviously sucks at it. They wouldn't have fired her at Fox News. Well, then we what is she going to talk about? We hired her to do pop culture Analysis. reviews. Yes, that's right. And that's she right. left a message on the podcast overnight phone she, line she that's in us? the corporate office, which is... Uh, Where's the corporate well, office? Well, it's, it's in it's the in corner, corner of my bedroom at home. No, I, no at it's in it, my David. condo. <laughs> and David, do you have it queued up? Let's hear it. Hello, America. You know, I am just as excited as everybody for this new Star Wars movie. Maybe a force be uh, going along with you, you know. <laughs> and at the same time, we'll also be seeing the return of Star Trek because they've started making a new series for TV. It's so great for America to see the return of these wholesome characters, don't you think? Great role models, like like that Luke Skymaster, that brave and handsome red-eye knight. Here's a guy who overcame his difficult childhood and some serious daddy issues to lead his people to victory, just like George Bush did and just like Jeb Bush will never do. (laughs) And then, of course, there's that dreamy Captain Kirk. Well, I'm not sure if he'll be in a new Star Trek series, but I am sure they'll have a guy or maybe even a woman who is strong and brave and really good at doing Priceline commercials. And hey, I don't want to offend anybody, but I really hope they don't bring back that Mr. Spock guy. Those ears kind of creep me out. 
And really, I never understood this whole thing about liking logic and reasoning. <laughs> that is such a crutch. Think for yourself, people. <laughs> this has been another Sarah Palin Minute from the gal who's on your side, the right side. See ya. That's Sarah Palin. <laughs> wow. Is, I, you know. Wow. <laughs> wow. I just really think it's cool that she that chose the Jerry Springer yeah. podcast to have a connection with us, yeah. so we may hear she more from her down the line. She thinks this is going to help her career. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, make some walking around money. And that for Wasilla her, walking around her money? Her Wasilla wow. walking around money. she was just money. a heartbeat away. A heartbeat away. And Look at where she is now. Maybe a quarter of a mile from Russia. Hey, uh, <laughs> the part-time gentleman. Woo-hoo. Take it, guys. Part-time gentleman, yeah, that song "Whiskey on My Breath," which is uh, from your new album, correct? The title and track, yes, title track, and uh, your website is uh, parttimegents.com, right? It is indeed parttimegents.com. People can get your music at iTunes, Amazon, etc. Uh, quick history of this group: where, how long have you guys been playing together? And we've been together for going on three years now. Yeah. Uh, we uh, came upon, well, Nick and I, the banjo player and myself, have known each other since we were in high school, so we've been knowing each other for probably more than half our lives by this point, and uh, about three years ago, lo and behold, we uh, we were searching for a bass player, and we kind of just fell upon him, uh, our bass player. Are you okay? Well, <laughs> I mean, the initial shock of it, it it's, it, it's it, it, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good. I mean, 
health insurance being what it is and all. Yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> in any event, we uh, we met our our bass player, Doc John Dahl, who yeah. uh, who hails from upstate New York, and uh, yep. in his Good. travels landed in Cincinnati. And uh, as soon as we, the, literally the first song we played with him, we put down our instruments and we just hugged. And said, nice. That's exactly what I was going for. Oh, that's right. That's that curb appeal. We're adorable. Yeah. Just adorable. Hey, did you guys, when you guys knew each other from high school, did, did you play music in high school? And did you have rock and roll band or... <laughs> Uh, I, I was, I was, I was in a band in high school for about a week. Was it just the drugs that brought you together? Don't worry about that, Jerry. <laughs> don't worry about that. I feel, I feel like I you're don't. judging when you say things like that, Jerry. I don't, I just, I don't know about that. Yeah, it was a, a band called Odium, which at, as, as, Odium. Okay. Oh, Odium. Yeah. Opium. Yeah. As a 16-year-old, you think you're pretty, pretty, you know, tough, yeah. tough stuff at that point, you know, coming out with, you know odium and that lasted about a week and then we had a hiatus for yeah. several years between that but nick and i lived together up in in uh uc up in clifton and we oh, picked and cool. dinged together and and, and and then uh, years later we met john and yep. formed a group it's a great group do another song for us would you called god's golden shore
That is that is great, and yeah. I, you right, don't sir. often hear the bow on the face. You know, it. normally you're hearing it just plucked, and and you. That was great. Beautiful. I love that's, that. That's thank so much for it. Man. That's the yeah. money part. That's Doc that's John Doe. Yep. Yeah. Good that's job, guys. Yeah, yeah. I did some classical lessons and never really stuck with me as much as the the folk and bluegrass. Stuff, yeah. So it's nice you throw that in. Part time gentlemen uh, website again. Uh, Parttimegents.com. And uh, latest album, Whiskey on My Breath. Would you guys take us out on Irene Goodnight? I think we can do just that. Appreciate it. to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com.